Hey, are you there? Are you listening? Come here, I got a secret to share with you. It's a private group on Facebook called DWH. <laughs> hey, you guys, it's your girl, Yahira Jones. Yes, I've created a private Facebook group called DWH, which stands for Dating with Herpes. So how do you get to this group? Well, you have to go to facebook.com forward slash one. Again, that is facebook.com forward slash Y-A-H. I-R-A dot J-O-N-E-S dot the number one. That's the first step. Once you're there, I need you to send me an inbox message stating that you would like to join the Dating with Herpes private group. Once you've sent me that message, I will send you an invitation so that you can join the link. Now, this is a brand new page, so there's not a lot of content on the Hybrid Jones profile page, but I do have content on the group page. So again, go to my Facebook page, Jones one. Send me an inbox message saying that you would like to join the group and then I will send you an invitation. That's the only way to join at this time, but I want this to be a place where all of my listeners can come, share their stories with other listeners, and just be a community with each other. There are other, of course, herpes sites out there on Facebook, but this one I've created especially for you. So join me there. See you soon. Hi, you guys. I'm your host, Shahira Jones, and welcome to another episode of Dating with Herpes. I feel like I should start this episode off by saying this episode is being recorded in front of a live studio audience because I'm going live, y'all. This is not going to be an edited episode. I'm being brave today. Not really. I'm just frustrated. I have a new phone. And for some reason, um, the app that I use to record my episode and edit my episodes is not really liking this new phone. It's not really liking it at all. I realized I did this, this episode already. It's already done and it's filed in my phone. But while I was going through the editing process, I noticed that some of the files that I recorded were incomplete. So I would be in mid-sentence and it would just stop recording, I guess. So I'm frustrated and I don't feel like going through that whole process again. So I decided to do a live version of this episode. So bear with me. Um, I flub a lot. You know, I stumble over my words a lot. Um, That's why I typically like to pre-record and edit before I post. But... We're going to wing it today, boo. So bear with me. (laughs) So, all right. So welcome again. If you guys don't know, I'm your host, Shahira Jones of Dating with Herpes. And I am just returning back from my vacation. I told you guys last time that we were going to be skipping an episode or a week 
of doing the episode because I was going on vacation and now I'm back. I'm well rested. Um, I'm very tanned. Um, as some of you already know, I have a 16 year old sister. So at the end of the school year, I will normally take her on a vacation just to give my mom a break. Um, so that she can, you know, get a little breather. She can do whatever she want to do, spend time with her sisters, whatever. Um, and me and my sister, we go on a vacation and have fun. And so we did. And now I am back. So on this episode, or I should say the last episode of dating with herpes, I talked about some of the inconsistencies that I saw in, um, as far as research when it comes to the virus and how some of the information didn't match. Um, specifically if it was or wasn't possible to reinfect other parts of our bodies. I'm still conducting research on that and I will do a follow-up in the future. But in the meantime, I wanted to send a shout out to one of the listeners who emailed me and recommended the book, a good, the good news about the bad news, herpes, everything you need to know by Terry Warren. Um, so far the book has been excellent. Um, it is a really good read and it's answered a lot of questions that I had Um, so thank you to that listener who recommended to me. Um, I would definitely do an in-depth review, um, once I finish reading it, but on this episode, and I think this is episode number 24, I wanted to talk more about the relationship side or the dating side of dating with herpes. Um, I don't always want to talk about herpes. Uh, Who wants to hear about herpes all the time? (laughs) You know, I don't want it to be, um, the focus on the dating part, even though we all who are listening and me doing this podcast, we have it and we know it's hard. We know that it could be all consuming sometimes worrying about whether the person is going to, um, accept us, um, whether it be in it for the long haul, but there are other parts of dating. Shoot. Dating is hard by itself. So let's talk about dating. Let's be normal for a second. You know, we're normal, but let's, let's, let's see the side of dating without worrying about the virus. Dating itself is hard. So let's talk about some things that we can do to make it a little bit more easy, right? All right. So bear with me. Trying to look at my notes to see what I want to talk about next. Oh, What I wanted to point out is that I know that it's hard to sometimes to get back in the game. I know for myself um, that I had a lot of insecurities when I was first diagnosed and even later in life, just dealing, you know, with having the virus. Sometimes we swear off dating because we just don't want to deal. So just know that that doesn't last very long because I know and you know that holding and hugging your pillow at night is not always going to be what you want to do. Sometimes you want somebody else in your bed. (laughs) Let's just, let's get to the point. Like you want to find somebody, you want to find companionship. You want to find someone to spend the rest of your life with. So getting back out there and getting back in the game, just kind of want to give you some tips. And I actually found this, um, after, you know, doing some internet searching, I found this, um, site that had 10 tips on dating. And I don't remember what the site name was that I got these tips from, but I really liked it. And it doesn't matter because I'm going to add my own spin to it anyway. So I'm just going to use it as a guide 
Um, and like I said, it was 10 tips that they shared to help when it comes to dating. So tip number one, it says first impressions are always important. You know, people always tend to think that the first impression automatically means your appearance, but that's not all of it. That's just part of it. You know, appearance is part of it. Um, and of course, you know, you want to always look your best when you go on your first dates. That's a no brainer. Um, but let me, let me give you my input on that. You know, most times people want to dress to the nines to make a great first impression. But I say dress how you would dress if you were just going out with your family or friends. Be comfortable. Not Don't dress like you were going to a club. If you're like me, when I go to the club, I got on the tightest jeans. I got on a flashy shirt. I got on the biggest hair, you know, my, and my face is beat to the, to the gods. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm doing the absolute most when I'm going to the club, right? But I don't look like that every day. My point is, don't set the bar up so high on the first date. That person is always going to expect you to look like that if you set the bar that high. You know, I remember when I was... Um, used to be on dating sites. Um, I would never post pictures of me overly dressed or if I had on a lot of makeup because I didn't want people to think that I was going to look like that all the time. So I would post pictures of me wearing the minimalist amount of makeup or no makeup at all because that's the realest version of me, you know? Now, I do wear wigs, so I never posted pictures. Well, I will say this. I posted pictures when I had, you know, a nice natural hairstyle, but I didn't post, you know, pictures of, you know, me being overly made up or looking like I'm about to go out to shake a tail feather. You know what I'm saying? Like I I posted realistic pictures. And my point is those were the exceptions. You know what I'm saying? Those, those times where I was dressed to the nine, those were the exceptions. I wanted to post the everyday Yahira, you know, the realest parts of Yahira, the realest pictures of Yahira, so that they would know that this is what you get when you go on a date with Yahira. Now, that might not sound like the best sales pitch, but that's the realest sales pitch, right? On an average day, the only thing I have on my face is some moisturizer and Carmax. So, why would I want to put a picture with me having on, um, what is that, a cat eye and, um, dark shadow on my eyes like no that's not me but what's funny is that you know when I started dating my new dude I remember we was going on our second date and I told him you know it was because the date was after work I wanted to go home to shower and change and he said no just come as you are And I thought that was funny, even though I went home and showered and changed anyway and put on something nicer because I didn't want to, I didn't want him to see me coming to dinner and some scrubs. But I like the fact that he wanted to see, you know, what he thought would be the real me. And when I showed up, I showed up with, as the real me, as I did on the first date, I had a little bit more makeup on the first date, but the second day I was just dressed down, you know, nothing flashy. We just went out to dinner. And that was it. (laughs) Um, What else did I want to say? What else did I want to say about this point? Um, Now, that's not to say that you should go dressed as a bum. Or if you are already, if you always, 
are fashionable and you beat your face to the gods every day that you should change that. Just whatever is naturally you, whatever it is, whatever that means, do that. Don't be extra, extra. You know, when you go out on these dates, just add a little spice. Don't go over the top. That's just my whole point. Also, the first impression means your personality, not your dress. So be genuine. You know, when you go on the first date, don't put on an air about yourself that you are smarter than you are or dumb down yourself. If if you're smarter than the person that's, I mean, how would you determine that? But don't dumb down yourself either. You know what I'm saying? Be genuinely you. If the person doesn't like you for who you are out the gate, you know, just being you, then they're not going to like you later because what's going to happen is later you're going to be more comfortable and the real you is going to creep out. You know, it's going to creep out and either they're going to dump you now or they're going to dump you later if they don't like the real you. So just be yourself, be natural. Now, also number two, you want to plan your date somewhere you feel comfortable. And excuse me for clearing my throat. Um, plan your date somewhere you feel comfortable. And the reason why I say that, it sounds like a no-brainer again. But I've had situations where I've met people um, off Facebook. You know, I've gotten to know them for a couple of weeks. We talk on the phone. And because they feel like they now know me because they've spoken to me for a couple of weeks, they want to make the first date be my house or their house absolutely not you're not coming over my house and I'm not coming over your house take me out we're going somewhere that I feel comfortable like sometimes I feel like you know when they offer for me to come over and I don't know what what guys are thinking I don't know if guys experience that where a female will invite you over to their home for me that makes me think that you're cheap I mean, just, just point blank period. It makes me think that you're cheap that or lazy. And you think that this is a convenient, you know, that this is a convenient way to maybe get my pants. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I know one thing. I'm not coming over your house and you not coming over mine. point blank and the period like, and you know, and if you are, if you are, um, financially challenged, <laughs> I don't mind going Dutch. I don't. I'm not old fashioned, but we're going to be someplace where I feel comfortable and my house or your house is not that place. So, so just be safe. You know, keep in mind that we are living in times where, uh, date rape is a real thing where sex trafficking is a real thing. Organ trafficking is a real thing. Serial killers are real people these things don't just happen into movies in movies. So make sure you are safe. All right. Don't be desperate is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Um, on another side of, of being in a comfortable environment, when you feel comfortable and relaxed, it leads to better conversation. You know, you feel like you can open up a little bit better. The chemistry may flow a little easier and you might, you know, Overall, you might have a better date when you're in a more comfortable environment. All right. Number three, be confident. Now, there's nothing more sexier than a confident person to me. Like confidence is everything. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, have you ever met someone that you don't really feel physically attracted to, but there's something about them that makes you attracted to them anyway? That's most likely because they have or exude confidence. Like, I remember when I first met Jason, before we started dating, and I would see him walking around in the office. I would follow him with my eyes and just watch him walk, like to the copier, to the restroom, to the break room, wherever it was. My eyes was following that man all over that office. And I didn't even know his name. I didn't, um, I had never spoken to him, but it was just something about him. And Jason physically is not tip my typical type. You know, if I have a type, he wasn't it, oddly enough. But <laughs> But I found him so attractive. And it was because he exuded confidence. He's a confident guy. You know, he's, he really is. And another guy that I dated, oddly enough, he was not attractive. I wasn't attracted to him physically. But when we had our first date, it was like time stopped when he entered the room. He just exuded confidence. And I think where he got that confidence from, I don't know exactly where Jason got his from, but where this guy got his confidence from was because he was, he, he had his life together. You know, he had a good job. He had a nice car. He had, he owned his home. Um, he had money in the bank account and he was able to travel four out of four to five times out of the year. And not that the, tangible things equate to confidence but I think he felt like because he had his life together that he was top notch you know what I'm saying you know he he felt top notch and so that the mentality that he had exuded when he walked into the room like he was the stuff you know what I'm saying but he was sorry as hell I mean, God's honest review was sorry, but that's another story. But also for you who, who is entering back into the dating scene, be confident in who you are, where you are in life and what you bring to the table. Everybody has something to bring to the table. So be confident in those things. And if you're the type who has a hard time finding, you know, confidence, you can show confidence in the things that you talk about as far as your passions for life. If your passion in life is um, starting a nonprofit or um, following your dreams or being the best parent you can be, you know, whatever it is, those things that you talk about passionately actually exudes confidence and can be something that's attractive Um, that your date might find in you. So everybody has something to bring to the table. Speaking of talking, number four, don't talk too much about yourself during a date. That's a (laughs) no-no. That is a no-no. There's nothing more boring than hearing a person talk about themselves nonstop. I mean, I have a friend of mine. God, I love her dearly. When I get on the phone, she can talk nonstop about herself and her problems for a good 30 minutes without me saying a word except, mm-hmm, what, girl, you better stop. And sometimes I can put the phone on speaker and be around the house cleaning and she would talk for a good 30 to 45 minutes without me saying a word. And I just let it go. 
but <laughs> that's not something that you want to do on a date if you do this on a date what the person may think is is that you're not really interested in hearing what they have to say or anything they have to say about their lives that you're self-absorbed self-centered and that's not somebody who they might want to be with so give your date an opportunity to share as well and then when they are sharing make sure that you actively listen to what they're talking about because when you're actively listening you're storing stuff away you're picking up keywords here and there you're um getting grabbing information from what they're saying and when you do that what you can do with that active listening those things that you collected is then at a later time on another date go back to what you remember them saying so that they can now say oh this person was really paying attention to me they are really interested in what I have to say and that will win you points with them right And then if you're the type of person who just talks and talks and talks because they are nervous, I know people like that. Um, What you can do is actually come to the date with a few questions in mind so that you can break up the conversation and not talk so much. You can ask these generic questions just to get, give your date an opportunity to talk. It's important. It's important for you to share a conversation, not be the only one. Um, talking, which leads me to number five, keep the conversation fun, especially on the first date. You know, the first couple of dates is the time where you should see if you enjoy just being around the person. This is not the time to interrogate them. This is not the time to learn all of their background history. This is not the time to find out when was their last relationship and why they broke up or why they got divorced. Um, This is not that time. If you and this person get along with each other on the first date, have fun with each other, it will lead to more dates. And eventually you can start getting deeper and digging deeper into who this person really is um, by asking more in-depth questions. You know, the first date is not the date that you want to talk about their previous relationships. Um, It's just purely for you to enjoy each other's company and see if you get along, which leads me to topic number six. (laughs) Um, Number six, avoid talking about your ex. First couple of dates, nobody wants to hear about your previous relationships. I guarantee you, if you start talking about your previous relationship, like on a first date, they're going to think that you're now over your ex. They're really not going to think that you're over your ex. I know I cringe when um, I hear people talk about their exes, not even just on a first date. I want to stay the first couple of dates until I ask you about your ex. I don't want to hear about your ex. I mean, that's just the bottom line. I mean, even with my current situation, the guy that I'm dating now, he brought his ex up and I I really didn't want to hear about her, but I understood why he brought her up. Um, He brought her up because they share a daughter. You know, he has a young child with her. um, So they have to interact with each other. And that used to be his ex-wife. 
Now, he hasn't talked about anybody else in his past, but he's told me about her. And I'm not going to lie. You know, I was uncomfortable because I felt like, you know, we're just in our second month of dating. And I felt like it was a little early, but I was sensitive to the fact that he has a child with her. So you kind of got to see the the situation. Um, But if an ex just starts talking about, I mean, if uh, if a date just starts talking about their ex, on the first date, mm, that's no bueno, no bueno. That's not a good look. <laughs> it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be a situation where they might get back with their ex because they're not over them, you know. Number seven, when you're on your date, turn off your phone, turn it off, put it on vibrate, turn it off completely, unless you have kids. In that case. You may want to put it on do not disturb um, and then make the exception in your phone to only receive calls from your child or whoever the caregiver of your child is while you're on your date. The reason why I say that is because if you're constantly on your phone, if you're taking calls, if you're sending text messages, if you're on social media while you're on your date, you're going to make your date feel like you're not interested, like you're more interested in your phone than them, you know, and it's going to make it awkward during the date and I I can guarantee you they're not going to be or show as much interest in you um when you call them or if you text them because they're going to remember that you didn't pay them no attention you know and I know it's tempting to pick up your phone because the phone is like your safe place when you don't know what to do like say for instance when you're on a train or if you're um at a meeting or if you're um at a social event when you don't know what to do with yourself, people have the tendency to pick up their phones to occupy their time and so that they don't seem as awkward. So I know it's tempting when it's awkwardness in a date to pick up your phone to kind of um, fill in the gaps or fill in, um, what am I trying to say? To fill in um, times where you're not talking. But force yourself to be more present in the date Ask those questions that you had stored um, in your mind to ask your date just to keep the conversation flowing. You know what I'm saying? That's the perfect time to do it is when there are awkwardnesses is to bring those questions out. You know, when you have to wait on your food, bring up those questions. Talk about what's going on in the news. Anything except pick up your phone, pick on up your phone. All right. So number eight. Almost done, y'all. Now, number eight, I know this is going to... Um, <laughs> some of my lady listeners are not going to like this one too much. <laughs> but I feel that sometimes, not the, necessarily the first date, but if you are at the beginning stages of dating, like maybe date number three or four, offer to either go Dutch or to pay the bill in its entirety if you go on a date. don't gang up on me ladies hear me out first the reason why I say this is that because we have set the expectations that men are supposed to always pay um on a date and it's nice it's a nice gesture for them to pay and that we don't have to worry about paying and things like that but it's just a gesture you know, if you're just getting to know someone, they're not obligated to pay for you. 
You know what I'm saying? Just like if you were going out with some friends, you're not obligated to pay for your friend's meal. At this point, you're only dating. You know what I'm saying? So, but I will say this. If you offer to pay the bill, you will blow his mind. And here's why. And this is the reason why I say it also. It's because I um, talked to my guy friends about this um, more than a little bit. But guys have insecurities too. In the same way that we don't want to be seen as just sexual objects, like we don't want someone to be with us just because they want to have sex with us, they don't want to be seen as ATMs. They don't want a woman just to be with them because he's able to pay a bill or he's able to give her money. You know what I'm saying? Unless you are dating a sugar daddy who can't get a date, without forking out money men don't want to be seen as atms now this is not to say that they shouldn't offer to pay for our meals if they're asking us out on a date but i'm gonna put it this way i remember when i was dating jason and jason took care of me so well right um to the points where there were times where because we didn't live in the same town he lived three hours away from me and there were times that he wanted to see me but he knew that my car was not good enough to take a three-hour drive like it wasn't safe enough and if he didn't want to come to where I was he would rent a car so I can come see him you know so he would do the stuff like that and still pay for my meals when I came to see him so he took care of me well but I remember one time we went out to eat after church I told him babe I got this I'll pay for the bill and he was absolutely shocked He was absolutely shocked. He was like, what? And the reason why I say this, this, you can win brownie points and you can blow their minds when it comes to this is because they know that we expect them to pay the bill. So when we do it, it's a way of showing them that we appreciate all the times that they've taken care of us. Now, I'm not saying to do it all the time or to date a bum who never wants to pay for a bill (laughs) or a dinner or whatever but on an occasion go ahead and pay pay for the bill go ahead and go dutch say babe i got it don't worry about it i got you take care of me all the time i just want to show you my appreciation and take care of you this meal i'm telling you you want to blow their socks off (laughs) now you ain't got to follow what i say but that's just my opinion you know what i'm saying that's just my opinion i just I just talked to a lot of guys and I know what I've experienced. Um, But number nine, after a date, especially the first date, follow up on your date. We play the game so often of who's going to call each other first. Um, That's not even after that's even after you've been dating a long time. We play that game so much and it's so dumb. You know, if you're feeling the person, call them. You know, if you enjoyed the date, call them. Why you have to wait days before calling them? You know, we see those scenes in the movie where you're sitting by the phone. That's That really is what happened a lot of times um, when we go out on dates for the first time. But the thing is, we're not living in a movie. We're living in the real world. If we don't take the initiative sometimes and be the adult in the situation and call the person or text the person at least... What's going to happen is it, what could happen, I should say, is that the person may think that you're not interested in them at all. And then we risk the chance of 
missing out on something good because we want to play a game. So, I, like, I remember um, the first date that I had with the guy that I'm dating now. I want to say maybe not even 30 minutes after our date had ended, he said, he just sent me a text. And I'm sorry, guys, excuse me. He sent me a text and he was just like, I really enjoyed spending time with you and I can't wait to spend some more time with you. And that meant everything to me because that actually confirmed the chemistry that I thought that we had between each other, that he felt the same way that I was feeling. So sometimes if you are, and I've been guilty of it, I'm not going to sit here and point my finger and say, don't do this and shake my finger at you. I've been guilty of playing that game. But what he taught me was, um, if you're feeling it, let the person know, say what you mean to me, what you say, and don't wait to say it because you don't know if you're going to have an opportunity to do it again, you know? All right. And last but not least, get feedback from good friends. I'm going to put my spin on it. And I'm going to say of the opposite sex. The reason why I say of the opposite sex is I feel like they're the most honest when it comes to dating and they give the best advice. Um, a lot of times when you talk to your girlfriends or if you talk to your dudes, if you're a guy, they kind of push off their feelings and what, or what they're experiencing onto you and give you that advice. And that could be biased advice, or it could be very wrong advice. But I feel like advice of the opposite sex is um, very informative. Um, Like I told my guy friend, he sees me as his little sister. I tell him a lot of stuff. Um, I think I tell him too much sometimes. But I like his input as far as what the male perspective can be. So, yeah, that's why I say get um, feedback from the opposite, a friend of the opposite sex. All right. So those are the 10 um, things to take into consideration when it comes to getting back in the dating game. And like I said, I'm not an expert, but I thought this was a pretty good list. Um, I wish I could remember the site I copied this from, but I had just actually copied and pasted it onto Word and forgot to cite where I got it from. Um which it didn't matter anyway because I put my own little two cents on it but that's what I found um anyway I would like to hear your feedback what do you guys think about that list do you guys agree do you guys agree on my spin on it do you think I'm um (laughs) do you think I gave you good advice I don't know hit me up let me know Actually, I want you guys to hit me up also for some topic ideas. Like if y'all want to hear more things when it comes to dating or do you want me to just stay on the herpes? I don't mind doing either or, but I thought it would be fun to actually take the focus off of herpes and just talk about dating this time. Um, My next episode is probably going to be talking about herpes again, (laughs) which is why we call it date this this, um, podcast dating with herpes. But I want to hear from you guys. I really appreciate when I get emails from my listeners. I love it. Um, Even if your feedback is not, you know, in favor of of something I said on the episode, I want to hear what you guys have to say. I used to always say I want this to be an interactive podcast and I appreciate you guys starting to... um, email me and let me know how you feel 
even if it's not favorable. But you can hit me up on your Hira Jones Hope at gmail.com. That is Y A H I R A J O N E S H O P E at gmail.com. You can also hit the link in my show notes and send me a voicemail message if you if you choose to do it that way. Um, also, if you're listening on Anchor, you can actually just hit the message button at the bottom of this screen. Now, before I go, I wanted to share my good and, and not so good news. Um, over the last couple of episodes, I told you guys that I had been experiencing um, a lot of outbreaks, even though I'm taking suppressive medication. Um, here lately, I've been um, feeling it more in an area um, that I typically don't get outbreaks in at actually the last month or so. So I decided after reading some of that book that I told you guys about, I decided that I wanted to get it checked out because it could be something else is what the book actually suggested. You know, and I actually talked about this a little bit too in an episode or two that sometimes we can think um, herpes is, you know, what the outcome is, but it could be something completely different. So I decided to take my own advice and to get it checked out. So I went to the doctors on, when did I go to the doctors? On Thursday, um, because I felt like I was having an outbreak. And I decided I, when I called to say I wanted to come in, I told them that I wanted to, to, them to take a culture of a spot that I felt I was having an outbreak on, but I want them to test it to see if it was actually herpes or if it was something else. So when I was examined by my doctor, or actually the physician assistant, because my doctor wasn't available. Um, when I was examined by the physician assistant, um, she noticed that there, I did not have an outbreak. She didn't see any bumps. She didn't see anything to take culture of. Um, but what she said she did see were two veins, two very large veins is what she said. And she saw that my skin was irritated, that it was red. So what she believed was happening is that those veins were rubbing. And that was causing um, irritation and that was giving me that tingling sensation. And because the veins were large, that gave me the impression there were bumps. So I was happy to hear that it wasn't outbreaks that was happening. But now we have to figure out why do I have these veins there? Why are they all of a sudden popping up? But I'm, I'm relieved to say the least that the suppressive medication is doing what it's supposed to do. And that these are not reoccurring outbreaks that's happening while I'm taking suppressive medication. So now I just got to figure out what these veins are and why is it irritating my skin. So I'm just going to follow up with an um, OBGYN per her suggestions to see what's going on with my body. So that's the good and not so good news. I I think it's more good than not good though. What you guys think? (laughs) Anyway, so I didn't do too bad saying that this was a um, live um, recording. I may do this more often, hey, you know. Um, But anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of Dating with Herpes. Thank you guys so much for listening. You guys know I appreciate you so much. Um, Until next time, I'm your host, Yahira Jones. Be safe and God bless.